Previously on Wild Endeavors, the Companions attacked the Blind Brothers gang in their base in the city's aqueduct. Leandros is struck down and makes a dark deal with Cyric, the Mad God, in exchange for another chance at life. The costs pile higher for Then's continued use of his shadow powers. Hans and Eliaf deal a decisive blow by flooding the Blind Brothers and wiping out the bulk of their muscle. And now, Chapter 9, Murky Intentions, featuring Devin Salisbury as the elven thief, Than Nilo. I'll be deafened, why not? It sounds more interesting. Evan Chamberlain as the elven wizard, Leandros Lubakar. The darkness, of course I'll swear on that, it's always been there, why not? Adam Rogers as the human fighter, Hans Gregor. Alright, I'm gonna do that, just kill him, fuck this guy. Nick Feely as the human paladin, Eliaf Kin. Because Eliaf's so green and naive, he's probably a little bit horrified by that. Introducing Amy Jostineau as the tiefling thief, Calico Bane. I'm a little bit of an expert in poisoning people. And I'm your DM, Thomas Marsetti. I play fan-favorite NPCs, such as the mysterious halfling, Cloud. Indiscretions stain eyelids of unsightly ruins. stands on a catwalk near you and on a matching catwalk almost 400 feet away are the bodies of four members of the blind brothers gang they are the only signs of the violence that took place here just moments ago below you roars the waters of the aqueduct of arthamore but even that constant thunder is still a nearly inaudible rumble to you your hearing is just beginning to come back in the wake of the bard's sonic attack what <laughs> damn it son of a bitch your hearing is just beginning to come back but it is still going to be quite a while before you regain all of it but your deafened state is not completely soundless as a gentle melodic humming caresses your ears cloud the halfling that you were imprisoned with in the ethereal plane and who you later killed accidentally is sitting on the catwalk dangling her legs over the edge, kicking playfully as she hums. Yeah, can I approach her? As you do, she looks up to you and stops humming. She says, Shadow's wind of sundered harmony. I, th- I still... I don't understand you. She nods at that, looking down at the water below. And she shrugs and sighs a little bit and then stands up. And she reaches out and touches your hand. Uh, the one that you had lost and the one that you have now regained. Oh, shit. She looks up at you and says, Calamity renders kings to celestial bosoms. All right. You speak in riddles, but I'm slowly starting to understand you, I think. She smiles at that and then squeezes your hand reassuringly and says, Indiscretions stain eyelids of unsightly ruins. You then realize that you can hear the faintest rumble of the roaring waters beneath your feet 
this is punctuated by the dull, muffled sound of someone shouting your name. Fan! You look toward the shouting, back across the aqueduct, to the hallway where you left your companions. When you look back down, Cloud is no longer there. Mm. Fun. So as the four of you sweep and search the aqueduct for survivors and for any usable items among the the bodies or the the caches that the blind brothers had set up within these halls you do find some loot you find plenty of mundane cudgels crossbows and a few maces if anybody wants one of those there are two items in particular that catches your attention one is a clutch of 15 crossbow bolts they are magical the other is a cudgel that seems to be made of silver wood and the top of it is carved into a fist. And it, too, is giving off a tingle of magical energy. Oh, okay. Can anybody take this stuff? How you all want to divvy it up is up to you. Do I need, like, a certain proficiency to use a crossbow? No, not in Dungeon World. Uh, the way this system works is basically that each class is as dangerous as they are. Kind of regardless of what weapon they're they're using, a trained fighter is going to be more deadly than someone who has spent their whole life like reading books, like a wizard. So it doesn't really matter what kind of weapon you're wielding. Certain classes are just going to be more deadly in melee situations than other classes. Okay, I will take one then, just to have a ranged weapon. Okay, and just make a note on that that you have three ammo. Okay, and we learned from last session that doesn't it doesn't mean I can only shoot it three times. It, it really means I can choose that option three times. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, is there any way for me to inspect uh, this cudgel and uh, see kind of just what it does? Normally, no, but you do have that special move, so go ahead and roll Discern Realities. Is that a whiz thing? Yes. Fun. Ten. Okay, so that's high enough to trigger your knowledge of the ancients move and so as you are studying this thing kind of turning it over in your hands and you're looking at it from various angles little bits and pieces of memories of some of those tens of thousands of years that you were caught in that time loop kind of filter back in and you remember just enough of one iteration in which you found this weapon before and you remember that somebody called it the sterling hand and that it hit harder than any other cudgel. And that translates into game terms as a plus one to damage. I'll, uh, if I have it, I'll put in with the rest of the group. I'll be like, does anybody uh, want a little bit of uh, more of a kick to their uh, weapons? Does it do anything magical? Y- yes. Can I, I mean, like, can I shoot fireballs from it or, you know, anything like that? You can do that from your own hands. And I don't want it. Very good. Since you are already in the Ancients mindset, I'll let you take a look at the crossbow bolts as well. Okay. You remember that they are known as bolts of Acheron. They are favored by people who tend to work in the shadows, uh, particularly because when fired, they allow you to kind of attack normally, even if you are blinded or the target is invisible. However, they will turn to dust if they are ever exposed to natural sunlight. Okay. They would not work on flipper flop because they always want natural light now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. 
Did um our the 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 person that I saw shape shifting? Did he stay in the area, or did he end up like running off or something? The last you saw, they had transformed into a Thunderbird and had flown up toward the top of the cistern. And looking up there now, you see that there is a hatch up there that is open, uh, but there is no other sign of him anywhere. All right. I just want to like say to Leandris, like, "Are you okay? What happened?" Oh, I'm perfectly fine. I uh, nothing at all. Nothing of note. Pretty resilient. I- uh, quick scene set and reminder here. Elif and Hans, when you come back from the room with the sluice gate controls, you see Leandros is no longer lying in a pool of his own blood. He's now sitting in one, uh, his back against the wall, you know, kind of regaining his composure. The crossbow bolts that had pincushioned him lay scattered around on the floor where they fell out when Elif healed him. That was the first time I had ever healed somebody. Really? You healed me? Yes. Oh, well, I thank you. Um, and he wouldn't have had to if he weren't you know a dumbass and standing out there in the open. I would do anything for a member of my party. Ah, good to know. Once we're all back together and I can hear... Uh, my, my hearing does come back, right? Okay, cool. Um, once that's back, I'll use the Sending Stone to let Aurelius know we've taken care of uh, the Blind Brothers. You don't have to wait very long before Aurelius and about half a dozen gardeners show up. The only reason you know they're gardeners is because they're with Aurelius. Uh, Otherwise, they're not wearing any kind of markings. They wear clothing appropriate for a variety of professions. There's a gnome wearing a vest that is just covered in pockets that have little tinkers, tools poking out of them. One of them's wearing a nice silk kurta, uh, very clearly some kind of like lower or lesser noble. One of them is wearing like very simple trousers and like almost like a tank top type shirt and you can see on her arms and the upper parts of her chest like the the soot stains that mark where her like her blacksmith's apron and gloves were just recently as unremarkable as most of the gardeners are one in particular does stand out a tiefling who is walking alongside aurelius amy do you want to tell us what that tiefling looks like calico bane is a tiefling with lavender skin and dark purple hair She's around 5'8 and thin, not muscular, but you can tell she's strong and not someone to be messed with. Calico wears thief leathers under her gardener's cloak. Calico is known in thief circles for her work creating and using potions and poisons. After greeting you, Aurelius introduces her. This is Calico Bay, an associate of mine. By your leave, I would wish for her to accompany you. Your work here means that I can spare her. She knows the city well, and I trust you will find her talents to be very useful. Yeah, I mean, uh, an extra set of hands would be nice. Hmm, you'll do. Very good, my friends. I must commend you on your work here. It was bold to charge in so hastily, but I suppose it was all part of your plan to raise an alarm and draw the other brothers out of the temple. We came upon them before they could reinforce their friends in here. It allowed us to further weaken the brothers, as well as to give us the opportunity to present a public display of prowess, which we have been unable to do in some time. The combination of such, and us moving our base of operation to the aqueduct, means we will have a solid grasp of this smuggling route, and will be here when you return. 
hopefully this shows a uh, good faith that we uh, support you and your organization. Indeed. As such, I wish to give you more tools to ensure your future endeavors. He then hands over a small satchel of items. Ooh. As you draw them out, he explains what each one does. For simplicity's sake, I'm just going to explain what they mean in terms of mechanics. The first is called the Nightsiders Key. This key unlocks any door for you, provided you don't belong where you intend to go. <laughs> Once you go through said door, as long as you do nothing that would alert another person to your presence, the key's magic will prevent your intrusion from ever being discovered. However, if you attempt to take anything more than your memories with you, the key will not allow you to pass back through the door, nor will the key leave the lock. Oh. There's also a ring of minor ward. While you're wearing it, this ring provides you plus one armor. Uh, this does not stack with any armor you're already wearing. It does, however, work even against attacks that would normally ignore armor uh, and against poison. Well, if I already have three armor, that doesn't help me. So in that case, the ring is not going to increase your armor to four. However, there are certain monsters or attacks or skills that have the ability to bypass all armor. So this ring negates that. So again, in your case, if you got hit with a mace that would normally ignore your three armor, this ring kicks in and gives you one armor. Oh, okay. And the third is called a flask of breath. It appears to be a typical flask, but you cannot put any liquids into it. Because as soon as you open it, an endless stream of air begins to flow out of it. The intention being that anytime you found yourself in a situation that impeded your breath, you could put the flask to your mouth and breathe normally. It also works in any situation where you just feel like you need a flow of air. That's odd because my first inclination when I'm underwater and I need to save somebody is just kind of like locking faces with them. I've heard, of, I've heard of an old legend that said that that worked once. <laughs> as long yeah, as it sounds about right to me. I think uh, you would definitely want to do that for sure. If I were to be in a situation like that, I think I'd definitely do it. Is this a joke I'm missing? <laughs> it's from when... Are you kidding or not? You're not kidding. It wasn't no, there. Uh, but we make jokes about it all the time. Yeah, we do. When uh, Then and um, Elemin made out yeah. underwater so Elemin wouldn't die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was like a year ago. Still yeah. fun. Just about. I'll say come April, it'll be two years now since we started playing. Wow, yeah. What are we going to do? Is that our marathon time? Take a trip up to Michigan and just all stay at Thomas's house. Seriously, that would be awesome to do like a 10, 12 hour session that day. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just kick back and play. Thomas can do all the work. Great. <laughs> um, well, I mean, give me a couple months and I'll try to plan a 12-hour session. <laughs> there you go. So is he giving us these items or lending them to us? Yes, he's giving you these items. No, he's just telling you about them. <laughs> well, I'm partial to the ring. Anybody else have any thought? I want it too. Of course. I don't need to thank you. I thought Purple Rain over there would have wanted the flask, but there's nothing in it, so. <laughs> Hilarious. She's a newcomer. She doesn't get anything. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm already part of this group, so I don't need your stuff. Ooh. It's okay. I'll hold the flask. Can I take the flask? Anybody care? Like a yes. Does rock, paper, scissors in exist in this what universe? <laughs> if that's how you two want to solve this, then sure. All right, ready? Best of three. 
right. I got this my either make it or break it. Okay. It's fucking riveting audio theater right here. Right. <laughs> One more. For those of you who couldn't see, that was Elif winning two out of three. All right, I'll take the win. That's fine. That's gonna sound great on audio. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say our characters actually did that. So it is. I kind of wish we'd come up with a more fantasy-appropriate name for it, but what are you gonna do? We did what it like to the it? side though, so nobody saw it. So we were like really like amongst ourselves. Okay. All right. So where do we go next? <laughs> Aurelius tells you his people have tracked the silence to a safe house in Hadria, specifically a sundry store known as the Blue Moon, which you would remember uh, because it was the shop that you visited the last time you were in Hadria. That's right. Is that where the horse was? Yeah. All right. My buddy. (laughs) When I listened to that, I was like, that's me with dogs. Amy, what's your character's name again? Calico Jack. Calico? Not Jack. I'm Calico Bane. All right, so we're in this. We're in the shop now, right? Uh, fast travel's not available this location. <laughs> While you've been talking to Aurelius and meeting Calico and, and getting this new gear, the other gardeners have completed their sweep of the facility and have raised the sluice gates in Canal Three, again opening a thoroughfare away from the city. That's a lot of waterlogged bodies in there. Nope, they actually all got washed down into the, the water system and the sewers of the city. Oh, gone forever. Hydro food. Exactly. Okay, so do you all want to set out right away for Hadria, or do you want to do something else before you leave Arthmore? Let's just go. The gardener who is dressed like a blacksmith probably could, well, I mean, she probably is a blacksmith. She's not just dressed like it. Uh, comes over and explains to you kind of how the how the smuggling route was going to work. The interval gates have been set so that Canal 3 is dry till about uh, like two miles out of the city. At that point, an improvised entrance into the aqueduct has been made. So you'll exit the aqueduct at that point and make the rest of the way to Hadria on foot. The walk through the aqueduct is fairly uneventful and boring. It is essentially just a very large, very long, featureless hallway. As you're all walking together with very little else to do, do you want to introduce yourselves or have any other conversations? I'm Elias. I'm pretty new to the group, so I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> no, I would just say I, like, uh... I was I was hired by Leandros for whatever they need, and I really just want more adventure. Okay. I would I would have said, uh, I, hello, I am Leandros no. Lubicard. I'm the chief financier and... Uh, leader of this group, of course. Of course. I'm Theron Nilo. You can just call me Ben. That's fine. Uh, <clears throat> Leandros probably claimed that he was the leader, but, you know, I think you get the gist. Yeah, just trying to track uh, somebody down. That's super uh, important to me. Who is it? I'm uh, trying to track down the silence. I won't say anything, but Calico kind of has, like, a shifty look in her eyes, um, and she found that information very interesting. I, um, uh... So I did the, I mean, I was talking to her uh, like kind of one-on-one while we were walking. Maybe not everybody was really in earshot, but, and she says, I'm assuming you say it's like, so who are you or something, right? Yeah. And, I'm like, and I go, oh, 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 you haven't heard of me. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> no? Should I have heard of you? Well, I mean, most people have, but it's, it's okay. I'm not sure where you're from. So my name is Hans Greger. 
Leandros handpicked me to be one of his top guards. I'm very experienced. I've won many battles, but it's okay. You'll you'll hear of me soon, I'm sure. I'm sure. What kind of uh, experience do you bring to the table there, Calico? I'm a little bit of a expert in poisoning people or animals or entire studies. You know, we'll see. I like that. How long have you been with that organization? The Gardeners? Yes. Oh, um, maybe three years now. Three years, huh? And do you guys truly call yourselves the gardeners? Yes. It's amazing the things that you can do with plants. She's a feral cat. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't mind me asking, but where are you from? Arthamore is my home. My siblings and I grew up on the streets here. Don't mean to get personal. I just, I haven't seen a person of your stature just out and about. I spent some, some time on a few ships before this, but other than that... Oh, okay. Welcome to the group. Let's uh, hopefully not die. That's the goal here. Fingers crossed. You walk for about an hour until you find the exit point from the aqueduct. It's pretty easy to spot. It's just a, a big chunk of the wall of the canal is missing. There is like a netting that hangs over it on the outside. The netting is covered with like sticks and leaves, kind of meant to make it look like a like a bit of camouflage. You step out of the aqueduct onto a hilltop. This exit is right near a Y intersection where the, what is the fourth canal of the aqueduct comes in more from the west and meets up with the other canals before they start going to a straight shot towards the city. So you're provided with quite a bit of cover um, as you come out into the now evening sky. Would you say that we're under a hill? (laughs) No. Given the time of day that you left, you would have to make camp before you could get to Hadria. So just for the sake of keeping things moving, let's say you did that and there were no issues. Any of you who needed to can recover half of your maximum hit points. And you'll be able to enter the city about early or mid-morning. Hadria is a smallish port town, maybe about three dozen buildings or so. Uh, It is on the river Hygenia. Most of the people there are involved in some type of tradescraft, uh, blacksmiths, carpenters, riggers. They make their living servicing the river ships and the wagon trains that come through the city, of which there are many as Hygenia is the closest water route to the metropolis that is Arthamore. For most of you, it's been just shy of a week since you were last in Hadria and had last visited the Blue Moon, so it's very easy for you to find it again. The shop has a little two-story timber and brick affair. The shingle out front bears the image of a horse and covered wagon silhouetted against a blue moon. You'll remember that this is a sundry store that has a significant selection of outdoor travel and farming gear. What would you like to do? Last time we were here, she let me get close to the horse and pet it. So I'll take the opportunity to kind of like, while I'm petting it, see if I can do it again and kind of peek inside. What are we trying to do here again? Basically, this is where their safe house is, so there's got to be a secret door somewhere. Or... Why don't I just go in there and ask her? I'm nice enough. No, it's okay. Yeah. Can I use my detect whatever thing? Detect magic? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, well, discern thing. Yeah, that one. Oh, discern realities? Yeah. So tell me what you're doing to do that. Obviously, discerning realities, Thomas. Come on. <laughs> Clearly, none of that. Well, right. Right, but what she's doing will help determine like what kind of information she's getting. Right. I would be like analyzing like the outside and like the perimeter area of it, 
um, to see what the most likely location for their entrance for the silence would be. Okay, go ahead and roll plus your whiz. Ten. Okay, so you get three questions from the list. The questions are, what happened here recently? What is about to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who's really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be? Okay, um, let's do what here is not what it appears to be. Okay, so as you are just kind of like walking by or like walking around, taking a look at the area, the stable catches your eye. It seems a little bit unusual in this town uh, for a business, particularly one as small as the Blue Moon, to have its own private stable. And the stable also catches your nose, um, or more specifically, it doesn't. It does not have the hallmark stable smell about it. What's going to happen next? Given the number of windows that this little building has and the front door and the door out through the stables, you surmise that if things go sideways, um, it would not only be very easy for someone inside to escape, it would also be very easy for them to alert somebody in a nearby shop or to get the attention of the guard, um, which Hadria does not have a very large city guard, but it is also not a very large city, so it wouldn't, wouldn't take too long for them to get there. Uh, let's do who's really in control here. Okay. Because you are outside the building, it's very difficult to tell kind of what type of group dynamic there is inside, or even how many people are inside this building. So instead, I'll say, as kind of the result of the last like half day or so being with your new companions, you've noticed that while Fen seems to kind of be the de facto leader to be kind of the one calling the shots, Leandros definitely seems to have his own agenda. And when that's not outright creating a tension between the two, it definitely seems like he's still kind of like trying to almost like puppeteer to guide the group. Then and Leandros, does that seem like a fair assessment? Yeah. yeah. Can I attempt to... Um, I just wanted to look out for any class symbols or any sort of uh, dis- distinction... You don't see any clasp symbols, but once you start looking a little bit closer at the building, you do notice in the blue moon sign itself, in the moon itself, um, it almost just looks like a natural like brush stroke, is a more common thieves' cant symbol for like a safe house or a staging area. So you would know that that means that they definitely have many, many ways out of this building, as well as a, probably a number of like hidden compartments or areas where people could hide. So... Um... Talking with the rest of the group, I would kind of ask, uh, what, are, what are your guys' take on this? What, uh, what are you guys feeling we should do? Should we try to... I've already said my plan. I think they, she already knows that I'm kind of innocent, and I was friends with the horse last time, if she remembers us, so she'll let me over there again, and I can just kind of peek my head in. What day is it? That way I don't have to lie. It's like mid-morning. I just want to go ahead and go in there. I'm not listening to anything anybody's saying. Okay. As Leandros heads for the door, what are the rest of you doing? Um, I'm going to minor illusion with a mask on my face again. It's just a store, I'll, right? I'd yes. follow behind him. Did we leave the last time, like, under... We weren't, like, running away or getting chased out or anything? No. Just no. the address was an ass. What could we buy there, like, purchase there as a normal person? It's essentially the period equivalent of, like, a Gander Mountain or, like, a Bass Pro shop. It sounds like you all are kind of headed into the, the shop now, so... Again, it's been maybe a week since you were here, so not a lot, if anything, has changed... Tall, elf-wrought wooden shelves line the walls. Four rows of shelves that would be about waist-high on a human take up most of the floor space of the shop. 
On the far side of the shop is a desk. A halfling woman, you remember her name is Irma, sits behind the desk. She is wearing a deerstalker hat, a white tunic, and a checkered vest. As you enter, she is chatting quietly with a horse that is sticking its head through the upper part of a Dutch door that leads out into that stables that you saw from the outside. Elief especially remembers that this horse is named Daisy. If I go in um, and everybody goes in, Elief's going to go try and pet the horse. Can I like go and try and talk up the shopkeeper and just, I just want to like keep her kind of distracted by just talking with her and maybe asking if she has like the special polish that I'm looking for that I need for my sword because I think I've said before I have this really sweet sword and I always keep it really polished and sharp so I'm looking for like polish and like (laughs) sword like a I don't know another thing to help sharpen the sword and see if that's something that they sell there and if she says yes I want her to like come with me and go to the aisle and like show me where it's at and then if there's more than one brand i want to ask her if she knows like which brand she prefers and this is the one that i usually use okay so as you all enter um she interrupts her conversation with the horse um raising her head up to greet you oh hello good to see you again leandros you were the first one to make your way toward the shop so you are a little bit farther ahead at the moment and hans is making a beeline right for irma so what would you like to do or what's going on here Walking up kind of, oh yes, Irma, how are you today? It's good seeing you, it's been a while. Oh good, and I hope you are well. So good to see you. I cast sleep on her. Okay, roll the cast. <laughs> Double sixes. Okay, that's a full success. Uh, go ahead and tell me again what that looks like when you cast that. So I did walk in with my book in my hand already, and uh, my hand kind of behind my back, and it's kind of like twisting and making arcane symbols and things so she really can't see what's going on do like a wave at her like this with my hand out but i also want to direct it towards where the horse was and put the horse to sleep too just in case the horse is a spy oh not my buddy (laughs) okay go ahead and roll your d4 three as the spell settles irma and daisy and their eyes kind of just start to roll back up into their heads and they just kind of start to sway a little bit a uh, lantern sitting on the corner of the desk closest to you begins flashing like a strobe light, and an ear-splitting screech begins to emit from it. The two snap back awake. Irma reaches over and touches the lamp to stop it from flashing and screeching. Irma's eyes narrow. Her left hand goes under the desk. She says, That kind of magic is not allowed here. Excuse my friend uh, here. He's trying to impress you. I missed the step outside. He was going to use this spell that, 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 that puts a dozen roses on your desk, but it didn't work. Pretty good. I say. Pretty, it's a pretty good one. <laughs> she seems a little placated by that, uh, but her eyes are still pretty narrow. And she says, I don't know how they do things where you come from, but around here, coming into someone's shop and casting a spell on them is a good way to end up in jail. Or worse. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're probably taken anyway. And then I like do this and I'm like, you're way out of his. <laughs> Despite herself, uh, she blushes a little bit at that. And her face softens just a bit and says, oh, well, I, I don't know about that. Um, and then kind of remembering what just happened. She's like, um, well, look, wh- what was it that you're looking? I'd be happy to help you and get you on your way quickly. Irma, all sure, I want to sure. do is, is catch up with the horse. Is that okay? 
Oh, of course. Daisy's always happy to see a friendly face. Uh, there are some sugar cubes in that cup at the end of the, the desk. Uh, I, I do spoil her a little bit, but I, I don't think a few more will hurt. Great, I'd love to do that. So I'll walk over and grab some of the cubes and go over there. And I'm assuming the door is big enough where, like, I can see behind the horse a little bit. Like, if I'm kind of standing next to it. So I'll just kind of, like, innocently start, you know, petting the horse and then kind of, like, try to peek my head in. So do I need to do, like, a discern reality for that? Sure. Okay. Well, while he does that, I'm going to walk out of the store. And um, I'm going to stand next to Finn and I'm just going to be like, didn't work. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, rolled I tried to tell you earlier... Don't go headlong into things. I rolled a 10. Full success, so that is three questions. What here is not what it appears to be. So I'm kind of looking inside the stable area. This stable is immaculate. It is so clean, it looks like it has never actually been used as a stable. Like, it's never actually had animals boarded in it. Which is pretty strange, considering you are petting a horse that is standing inside this stable. What here is useful or valuable to me? Near the door in the back of the stables, the one that leads outside, you see a tall shelf filled with equipment, which you think should be large enough and heavy enough that if you could knock it over, would block that door, effectively cutting off one way in and out of the building. Okay. What happened here recently? You can see on the sawdust and hay that's kind of scattered on the floor of the stables, there are signs of somebody having walked through most of the stables and like into one of the stalls. And this kind of stands out because, again, the stables are so clean that this is really the only sign or only disturbed area of the stables. You don't even see like any real signs of like the horse having moved around a whole lot. Okay. I'll just kind of like wrap up giving the handful of sugar cubes or whatever and say, uh, just say bye, Daisy. And then I'll just walk out to join Fen and Leandros and I'll very friendly say, bye, Irma. Thank you. She waves and thanks you. And um, Hans, I assume you've been doing your little uh, sword polish stick. Yeah. And I mean, if, if they're going to go back out, I don't know if that's the plan. I'm assuming so. So Elif is headed back outside. I don't know what Calico's going to do, but. If I can, like, keep her, continue to talk and keep her busy and let them go outside and catch up to find, try and form a plan, that's what I'll be doing. So okay. I'm asking her again everything I said. Sure. With how fastidious Hans is about his sword, uh, he certainly knows a lot about, like, whetstones and oils and polishes and things like that. So just his own innate knowledge. He could come up with a lot of questions for her. While he's doing that, Calico, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go outside with the rest of them. You guys walk out to me reaming uh, Leandros like, like you gotta think, man. Like you're supposed. I'm reading my book. Like you're supposed to know these things, but you you go in there like this. It's, it's idiotic. I'm gonna inform them that there's a door behind the stable, and somebody should go around to the back of the building and try to sneak in that way. She does have magical arms, though. Be careful. She has magical arms. I don't get it. Alarm. Not arms. Mag uh, not magical arms. Magic okay. alarms. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I got confused too, so don't go back. Yeah, the first um, time I heard it, I was like, magical arm. I want to, if I can, I guess I, okay, I'll, with the group, try to sneak, sneakfully, not suspiciously, go towards like the back that he was telling me about. 
But I want to try to use the Shadow Forge again. The Shadow, like, does it turn into, like, a kind of like a wisp of smoke? Like, if there were an open window, could you go through it, or does it have to be, like, kind of the size of your body that you have to go through? When I when I do my thing, uh, no, it's pretty form. much it's like any space like I I can go I can go through. It's like any crack in the wall, any anywhere there's a, a dark space, I can I could probably slip in. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is. Gross. Um, I want to uh, try to use the shadow forge and um, see if I can channel it like the energy within my eyes. Um, to try to see for like any traps, like any magical alarms, anything like like a ley line of some kind to to highlight an area that might be uh, of importance. Okay, go ahead and roll that. Oh boy, it's pretty good. Uh, Ten. So go ahead and mark another shadow point. Yay. So your vision goes just a little gray as you are kind of looking at some of like the ethereal auras that various energies or things around you are giving off. You do notice there are a significant number of magical wards on and around and underneath the building. Being a thief, they look very much like defensive or like security type wards. Right. From the way the wards are shaped underground, uh, it also looks like there is very likely a room directly under kind of the main shop. Uh, So there's probably some type of trap door leading down that way. You, um, yeah, with a 10, I'll give it to you. You also notice that Daisy is actually a half-elf man who is just in the shape of a horse right now. (laughs) Okay, I'll kind of like flashback and shake it off a bit, like, oh, God, um, and relay that information. There's definitely some shit going down. <laughs> Did the horse eat the sugar cubes from you? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, he ate them right up. That's fine. That's, I don't know. What's wrong um, with the horse? It's actually a man, an elf man. kind of man? Elf man? Elven, elven man. So there's definitely something going on. There's, um, there is a secret space underneath the storefront. So there's really no kind of sneaking about it if we're wanting to get down there. Um, we need to come up with some plan to take this guy out. I don't see why not, but perhaps get into a more advantageous position and then kind of just have at it. Well, magic magic isn't allowed in there, so anyone who, who fights primarily by spells is not going to be... What if I poison the horse? The horse is a man. So? <laughs> Let's just go in there and take them out. I like it. <laughs> I, uh, I unfortunately don't have any, uh, poison on me. Uh, you got something up your sleeve there, Calico? <clears throat> I believe I do. Um, you might need a sugar cube, though. Do you have any sugar cubes left there, uh, Elias? I could go back in and get some. It seems like Irma likes me. Okay. I do have one that would put it to sleep. Would that work? Work well enough. Or something that would get it to trust us. Hmm. I think sleep will do. Okay. How is Irma going to react if the horse just falls asleep all of a sudden? Horses sleep. As long as she's distracted, she shouldn't be alarmed. Is there an upstairs to this place? Yes. Did I see anybody upstairs or no? No. I can sneak upstairs and try to get behind and knock her out. Alright. I don't like violence, but I'll go with it. Do you like gold? I mean, you are getting paid. Fair enough. I'm not the leader of the group. I'm a hired hand. Very well. 
What do you need me to do? Uh, get a sugar cube, cube, bring it to me. I will put the poison on it, and you have to feed it to the horse. Easy, I easy. Have to, to the horse? Yeah, the horse likes you. Well, they trust you enough. I look at Elieth, and I put both my hands on his shoulder. Look, you're the best person for this job, and I believe in you. And I bet your god would agree. If it would please Helm, I will do it. We're not going to kill him. Just put him in sleep. <laughs> okay, so I'll say that bolsters my confidence enough to go in there. I'll say, you know, I'll just joke around with Irma and say, I just couldn't get enough. I, I knew Daisy wanted to see me again. <laughs> so I'll grab some more sugar cube, feed them to the horse. Uh, that feels kind of like a lie. Oh, it does feel like a lie. <laughs> Why does that feel like... What? As part of his current paladin quest, he's not allowed to lie. Okay, so what if I... Um, I think I'm going to hold you to this one. Oh, shit. What did that do? He had a couple special moves that he got from being on a quest, so until he has some time to sit down and, like, pray or, make, like, make amends with Helm, uh, he just doesn't have those abilities. So I no longer have a mark of divine authority or freedom from hunger and thirst. Like, I guess how would that look? Like, I just feel, like... Maybe look like I successfully do what I'm supposed to do, but then I kind of like just feel like ridiculously guilty about it and like shaken. So I think as you say it, and Irma kind of you know raises an eyebrow and laughs. I was like, oh, okay. Like I said, she she could always use a few more sugar cubes. As she says that, you suddenly feel like a, a pang, like in your stomach, like you suddenly realize that you're hungry. It's not like, you're not like starving, it's not a severe pain, but you're hungry for the first time in a long time. And as you feel that, you know like immediately what happened. And that's, if that brings about guilt in him as well. Uh, but that's how, I think that's how you know. So I'll, I'll okay, I'll take, I'll take some of the extra sugar cubes and pop them in my mouth. I'm gonna like give him the, the horse again, like I just kind of like I had before, but I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take two extra. And put them in my pocket, whatever pocket I have, you know. Say bye again and leave. Um, so is anyone yes. gonna like tell me? I'm just gonna keep talking. To them. <laughs> I feel like when Elif was leaving, I like looked at him like, <laughs> like <laughs> I just went like. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Like anything, mm-hmm. Elif. When you glance back, you see Hans giving you that look. You also see that Irma is starting to look a little bit wary. She's giving you and Hans kind of the side eye. Okay, so I'll just go back to the group and say, guys, we got to get this done now. Hans is running out of stuff to say in there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I don't think you should be the one to feed him. If you're feeling a little down right now, you look a little worse for wear. Yeah, Um, and she already seems skeptical of me going in there twice. So uh, someone, I don't know how she's going to feel about somebody else getting near to the horse. Calico, are you uh, up for this challenge? What, I'm what sneaking in your, to feed the horse a sugar cube? What about your shadow thing? You can't sneak a sugar cube in there? I, 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 I can teleport places. I can't make a person eat something. I mean, I'm pretty sure a horse is going to eat a sugar cube no matter what. But it's not a horse. Give me the, give me the sugar cube. I'll go in and I'll take care of it. Be ready. I, I'll, tell, I'll tell them to be ready and I'll tell, I'll tell Leandros. I have my back. You know our deal. I know your deal, and I walk in there with him. Back inside the shop, Hans is still talking with Irma about the different polishes and whetstones and, and etc. And Hans, even though you know that this is kind of supposed to be an act, like you can't help but 
feel a little bit interested. Like she, she has some really good products and she really knows what she's talking about. And the prices that she's mentioned don't seem all that, that high. Uh, but while this, this conversation, this exchange is going on between you two, you do notice that the horse, uh, takes a couple steps backwards and his head disappears from the top of that door. Just a couple moments later, Fen and Leandros come back into the store and Irma turns and looks at them, um, particularly at Leandros, and says, Oh, you're back. Sorry, I, I yeah. meant to see how our friend was doing here. Um, I thought he was going to be buying some stuff from you. Um, I'm hoping, uh, we were discussing, I guess nobody really needs this. I have this very uh, interesting cudgel I'm trying to part ways with, and was hoping you could maybe find some use for it, maybe give me, give me some coin. <laughs> I just really need. Then and Leandros, you also see what Eliaf was talking about. She's definitely very suspicious of you. After all, you all did walk into her store. One of you cast a spell on her that would be really great if you were trying to rob her. Another of you teleported out while she was being enchanted. Calico just walked in, said nothing, and then walked out. Eliaf seems to have some sort of fetish with her horse. And Hans is probably the only one she's not suspicious of because he has been fairly charming and is legitimately interested in the goods that he's asking her about. So she looks to Hans and says, If you don't mind me taking a moment to help your friends, um, you could peruse the rest of our polishes here, and I can, I can be back to help you. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just such a big decision. Not at all. It's important to get the right one. She pats Hans on the shoulder and then walks back to behind the desk and kind of hops up onto her stool so she can look up over it and motions for you to bring the cudgel over. So yeah, I'll place the cudgel there, and I don't know like if it's going to take a little while to uh, inspect it and find out how much it is. As soon as you set it down, she gets a look at it. She says, oh, that is that is a very nice piece. Um, how much were you hoping to get for it? Uh, you know, small 5,000. Oh, for a club? I was thinking more like 20 gold. 20 gold? <laughs> it's a lovely carving, no doubt, but I can just break a leg off of a chair if I need to club something. Uh, I think you have a keen eye, and I, I, I think you also know that this cudgel is a little, it's a little more than meets the eye. Please, take a look at it, and we can discuss an actual price. She gives you a big, innocent, like, oh, little old me, kind of smile, and says, oh, we don't normally deal in this kind of goods, so I would have no idea how to even begin to appraise it. Well, <laughs> perhaps gold isn't necessary. Last we saw each other, there was potions involved, and perhaps we can make a fair trade. She nods slowly and says, Oh, well, I guess we, I could give you a discount on a potion, or give you one-tenth of a healing potion. One-tenth? <laughs> Good sir, I, I have to think of my business. I can't see selling this thing for more than 25, maybe 30 gold. Uh, therefore, if I, if I buy it from you for any more than 20 gold, it's barely worth my time. I think uh, I think business will be better had uh, elsewhere. Um, do I see the horse nearby? You do not see the horse. Like, can at I all? Start, like, like, it's not even in there? Like, not at all. You can see down the row of stalls, out through the door in the back of the stables. Um, and the, the height of the stalls that you see, if it, the horse was in one of them, you would see it. But you do not. All right. Can I, like, pick up the... I, um... I guess it doesn't matter. Do I, I don't know anything about the horse, though, so I guess maybe I don't do I don't know that the horse is a person. I don't know anything. How about actually instead I um, finally make my decision, and it's actually the first <laughs> polish that she picked out for me. 
<laughs> and I take it back and, and I and I go back up to the desk and back up to her and I'm like, okay, finally, finally, oh, I found the perfect one. She smiles and says, I thought you'd come back around to that one. You're going to be very happy with that one. Well, I know, I should have listened to you. <laughs> the polish is uh, Bertrand's blue steel and she looks at you with a kind of a wry smile and says, uh, I thought you looked like a blue steel kind of guy. And I like kind of go, I thought you said you were taken. Doesn't mean I can't look. <laughs> Phew, just a goal. I like put my head down and then I like scoop my hair back over my head. <laughs> and, I, and, and then I like lean down onto the, onto the, onto the, like the counter and I, and I, and I just smile at her and I, I reach into my pocket, pull like a gold piece out and I, I actually pull two out and I say, keep one for yourself. <laughs> She blushes again and, 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 take, and takes the coin with a little giggle. And then you cut her throat. Well, I'm hoping that somebody's fucking doing something while I'm doing it. <laughs> can I have, an, can I have um, can I use true sight, like cast a true sight on myself in here? Is that going to raise an alarm? No magic. As far as you know, casting any spell in here will set off her alarms again. No magic? We're all no magics in this universe. <laughs> Is she still on the counter um, talking with him? If you want to do something while they're talking, you can. It'd be great if somebody did something. Like, maybe sneak behind her and just club her in the head while she wasn't looking. Oh, you can certainly try. Let's be honest, it was always going to come to this. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Go ahead and roll Defy Danger plus Dex. Ooh, 14. Evasion. Yeah, so between the flirting with Hans and your just inherent sneakiness like you just know how to move without drawing attention to yourself so you almost kind of just like melt around the desk to behind her so then go ahead and roll a hack and slash oh boy 11 right as she's giggling and taking the coin from hans you just like smack the pommel of one of your daggers into the back of her head she had been kind of leaning forward anyway, leaning into the conversation with Hans. And so as you crack her in the back of the head, her face just goes and slams against the desk in front of her. Well, I was off and then she... I was going to hope to catch her, but yes. He wants but, to knock uh, her out in a nice way. I was, trying to not, not make, I was trying to not make any noise, but if she banged her head, then I'm just going to ready my blade to throw it at the horse guy if he appears again. Okay, so she's just lying face first on the desk. Uh, her her nose is bleeding, and she's not moving. Oh, I'll, I'll take her. Yeah, can I Don't say like get her out of here? I'll pick her up and I'll take her upstairs. It's okay, Leandros. Just leave her be. No, 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 no. I will hide her body. Well, I mean her. I'll hide her so nobody can see her. <laughs> yeah, nobody's here right now, so nobody's gonna see her. I got it. Uh, I don't like this guy. I walk into the horse stable. So we'll follow Leandros first. Um, on that back wall, the same wall where the desk and uh, the stable were, there is a recessed, uh, just narrow wooden staircase. At the top of it, it opens into a singular room. There is a large, like, what we would consider a queen-size bed that is, like, halfling height. Um, there's a small wood stove, a table, a few, ch like, chairs and bookshelves and things like that. It, it looks very much like this is a living space, like this is where she lives. Anything of value? The furnishings all seem nice, but fairly simple. At a glance, nothing really, like, screams expensive to you. Okay, I'm just going to put her in the bed, and I'm going to, um... Is there anything I could, like, tie her up with? I know this sounds weird, guys. I'm not making it weird, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> There's not really any, just, like, ropes or, like, restraints lying around. Like, like fuzz, what, fuzzy handcuffs or anything? I mean, come on. Fifty Shades book on the nightstand. <laughs> 
Honestly, I wasn't going to restrain her. I was going to kill her, but I don't have, like, a, a knife on me or anything, do I? Is there one in your inventory? Why does this fucking guy kill everybody? <laughs> I'll just leave her up on the bed and walk back downstairs. While Leandris is doing that, we'll pop back downstairs. Then you open the half door that leads into the stables and step inside, and you are also struck by how clean it looks. And now knowing that Daisy is not a horse, that kind of makes sense. Do I see the horse or any sign of a horse? You do not. Was was the this where I saw the hatch? No, that underground room that you saw was underneath like the main part of the shop. So that'd be back where you came from. Uh, look for anything out of place that might seem like lead to a door or some sort of way out of here. That sounds like your trap skill. So go ahead and roll that. Twelve. With a twelve, you get three questions, and there are only three questions. So, as you are kind of moving through the stables, like poking your head into the stalls, like tapping on parts of the floor, you know, running your hands over the the walls, the first question is: Are there any traps here? There are not. The second question is about triggers. There are obviously no triggers for the any traps because there are no traps. But you also don't see any sort of um, triggers or hidden controls or anything like that for like secret compartments or anything along those lines either. And the third question is what else is hidden here? And there is not. Um, actually, once you start looking into this room a little bit more, you can see that facade like very quickly falls away. There's just really not enough things in this room. There is some tack on the wall, but not enough to actually like prepare a horse for riding. There are some tools and equipment, but like there's nothing to clean the stable, there's nothing to like spread the hay, there's nothing to like there's just enough things in there that if somebody glanced in at the stable it would look like a stable, but once you start looking closer, there's just there's very little in the room. Shit. I wanna try to do what I did earlier when I was outside. Okay, roll your shadow forge again. Not good. Go ahead and mark experience. Oh, it's that not good. Mm -hmm. So this is going to cost you something. If you got something in mind, we can do that. Or I've got a couple examples prepared if you want to peruse those. I'll take some examples and see what we got from there. Okay. You can age 70 years. You can become insubstantial for an indeterminate amount of time. What does that mean? You would basically become like a ghost, like you couldn't touch or interact with anything, but you'd be able to like float through walls or whatever. Okay. It's like when you die in WoW and you can't actually do anything, you just have to go back to your body. <laughs> I'm surprised you know that, but yes, yes, I know what you mean. You can forget why you mistrust Leandros, so he'd essentially become like your, your best friend. You could become paranoid and begin to mistrust everybody else in the group, or your alignment could shift to chaotic or evil. I will. I'm going to ship to Chaotic. That sounds like a fun thing to do. Is, it, is this like a temporary thing? like, Or is this just like, like is, this a, is this a thing that can be like rectified like with a lot of work down the road type of thing? Or is this just like forever? Well, essentially, Chaotic is, means that he's going to be a lot more reckless from now on. So that can change in the sense that like once he starts acting more recklessly, how he reacts to that... Like, if he starts to see, like, oh, when I when I don't think things through, bad things happen. And that makes me feel a little bit bad. He might start eventually, like, veering back toward that more restrained 
type of alignment. Um, or on the flip side, he might decide he just doesn't care and could go the other way. He could start, you know, sliding toward like a chaotic evil. But either one should take some time. Like you don't want to like just his next interaction and be like, oh, now I decided I'm not chaotic anymore. I'm something else. Like it should be. It should develop. I got you. Okay. So while you were pulling that ether energy into you, kind of to give yourself that that true sight again, as the ether sickness starts to kind of like roil into your stomach, you suddenly feel as if something has begun watching you. And that feeling is so disturbing. I think that that interrupts your concentration, so you don't you don't get the the true sight because you're suddenly even maybe a little bit panicked by that feeling. Okay. Back in the main shop, Leandros is taking the unconscious halfling upstairs. Than is going into the stable. So Hans, Eliaf, and Calico are standing just kind of on the the floor of the shop. What would you like to do? Um, so the when they tried to use magic or whatever spells something earlier, like her fantasy alarm system went off. Mm-hmm. Can I find out if that lantern is like the hub of the alarm system, or see where like if it's plugged into something? Because she did something <laughs> under the the counter, and if um, if I could figure out how to unplug it or whatever, can I look around the the rest of the store to see if there's more of these sensors essentially or lanterns, so that way. My companions, can you try? Can at least attempt to use magic? Sure. Uh, so you go pick up the lantern and kind of turn it around, looking at it from different angles, maybe even like shake it and hear the oil sloshing around in there. Um, to your eye, it looks perfectly natural, perfectly mundane. Um, it just looks like a lantern. Going around behind the desk to where she was reaching underneath it, you find a machete and a sheath latched to the bottom of the desk which for a halfling is basically a, almost a full-size sword. And beside that is a loaded crossbow, also latched to the bottom of the desk. So she was reaching under the desk not to activate anything, so much as just to put her hand on a weapon in case you all tried something. As you give the room a scan, looking for other things you think might be like this lantern that's somehow enchanted but doesn't appear to be, um, you realize that you're really good at fighting. You are really good at killing things you are not so good at finding magical security but there's no other lanterns right there are other lanterns uh they're kind of clustered at, at various places on the the shelves uh, with other stuff for sale uh, but there are none that are just kind of like sitting alone like this one that was on the desk can i just push it off the counter you can it topples falls the glass breaks and the oil begins to leak out of it onto the floor okay <laughs> I think the whole time, like, I'm so downtrodden from the breaking my quest thing that I'm, like, laying on the ground outside, staring up at the sky, just, like, moaning in pain, like someone who just broke up with somebody or something. (laughs) And so that leaves Calico. Um, As your new companions are all kind of shuffling around and doing their own things, what are you doing? Did I see the trapdoor thing in the main store? Are you looking for it? Sure, yeah. Okay, uh, tell me just a little bit about what that looks like or what you're doing specifically to, to search for it. Yeah, I'm basically just like searching the floors and the walls and like seeing if anything looks like it's like out of place. Okay, go ahead and roll your trap expert. That's plus a dex. Nine? So you're looking around, poking around, and then you're startled by a crash and you look over and see Hans is standing over the broken lantern and shake your head and go back to where you were looking and you notice that there's a like a little extra seam that runs along the floor 
right next to the edge of one of the, the shelves in the middle of the room. Okay. Um, sweet. So I'm going to tell, I guess, all of them. Okay. Yeah, at about that time, Leandros would be coming back downstairs. Yeah, I was calling Sin and Hans okay. the trap door since they were there. Is anyone getting Elif? I'm gonna go tell. I'm gonna tell Leandros. Go get your pet <laughs> human. My um, excuse me, what? Your whatever you call him. I'm talking about Th- you talking about Theron? Yeah. No, <clears throat> the other one. I ag- I ignore it. Oh, Elif? Yeah, that one. All right, I'll go again. As soon as he goes outside, uh, I want to go upstairs. We're trying to open the trap door. Why are you going upstairs? As soon as you start up the stairs, then, you see a halfling come flying down toward you, like a Superman pose leap with a dagger in her hand coming right at you. I'm dodging out of the way and... Roll defy danger decks. Do I hear this commotion? You will when when there is some commotion, but right now we're kind of like freeze frame with Than at the bottom of the stairs and Irma like a halfling-shaped spear coming right at him. This is what I get for having a conscience, by the way. I mean, this falls under my shoot-first feet, but it's okay. That's actually the only reason you don't already have a halfling dagger in your stomach. Oh, okay. Yeah, you fucking asshole. Is it uh, <laughs> defied danger? Jeez. Facts about everything, G. Nine. Okay. And so you all know that she is not just a normal shopkeep. She is the head of a safe house for a, a, an assassin's guild. And so anyone else coming up those stairs and her coming down at them would be dead, just like flat out, like she knows what she's doing. Then you are fast enough, however, that with your nine, with that partial success, you are able to dodge enough so that it is not a killing blow. You are gonna take some damage, but it's not gonna be her full amount, and you'll have an opportunity to react to her before she can attack again. So you are starting to spin as she crashes into you, meaning that she doesn't hit your throat with the dagger, but she does get it in you. I liked it. So that sounds a little off, but okay. Seven minus whatever your armor is? Two. So five. So she crashes into you, and you feel the knife, like, dig into your shoulder. And then she is struggling, like, she's trying to, like, grapple you or keep your arms locked to your side so you can't do anything. But she has little halfling arms, and you are super fast, so what would you like to do? Um, I'm still kind of distraught about everything that just happened in that room. I kind of want to just, like, I, I would use the shadow energy to try to just consume her. Either suck out her energy or do whatever. I want to consume. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it is dark as that. Okay, roll your shadow forge. Big money, no whammies. Ooh, ten. Solid ten. Okay, um, go ahead and roll your damage for that. Okay, what, like, just da- my damage? Or, like, yeah. what, what are we talking here? Just your regular damage die. All right. Six. Okay, okay. Go ahead and tell me what that looks like. So she kind of, like, jumps at me and stabs me, and I kind of, like, let out, like, a like a grunt, I would say. And I just kind of, like, freak out and just, like, yell out, like, <laughs> And it probably might sound a little, like, bassy. I would throw her off and, like, to the ground and just, like pin her to the ground with like just a coursing shadow energy being shot out from my arms. While she is on the ground, that shadow energy is roiling over her, and then like standing water sinking into the ground, it just disappears inside her for a moment. Her eyes go wide and her body goes completely still, and then the shadow comes rushing back out of her and into you. 
and you are in it healed for six hit points. Oh, shit. And she is left gasping on the ground, kind of curled partially into a fetal position. Hans, you asked earlier if you noticed the commotion. You definitely noticed this commotion. <laughs> Can I rush to... Is she still, like, conscious? Yeah, but she is lying on the ground gasping. How how bad is she? There are no signs of any physical injuries, even though you just saw her get body slammed. But her eyes are full of terror, and she looks uh, haggard, like she hasn't slept in a week. When just, you know, minutes ago when you were, when you were flirting with her, she was peppy and rosy-cheeked. Can I, like, just run, like, I'm gonna, like, rush to her aid and be like, Irma, what's happened? Immediately just restrain her. Yeah, you could restrain her pretty easily in this state. Um, also, as charming as Hans is, I don't think you can convince her she's not under attack. No, I do, just to, like, to let her for, like, a split second think I'm still on her side. <laughs> oh, damn. Like, and I pretend to, like, I pretend to, like, help her up, but then immediately... I don't know, like, twist her arms back behind her back and, like, restrain her, and then I, I shout to everybody, like, what do we do? <laughs> I say to the um, trap door. I want to interrogate her real quick. We don't have time for this. We do have time for this. We don't have time for this. Well, from my experience with guilds, once you start a ruckus in a place where one's supposed to be, you should go ahead and finish the job and not stop to interrogate interrogate. Which is well, why, Which is why I'm right behind you. Going to the door. Okay, let's go. Can I still do something, or is that my act? Or can I do something while they're kind of arguing? Yeah, while those three are talking, uh, you and Elia are pretty much free form. Can I grab my sword and thrust it, like, through her from behind? Like, up through her? Yeah, okay. I want to oh, do yeah. that. So as Calico and Leandros are kind of squared off, and like the, yes we do, no we don't, yes we do, no we don't, Hans uses the arm he has twisted behind her back to get her up to her feet, and then just... The rest of you see his sword burst through the front of her chest. Well, that solves that problem. <laughs> okay. And I let her go, and I just, like, pull the sword out, and she stands there for, like, a second, and then she just falls forward. Okay. Um, remind me to ask you later if your alignment is still good, but... <laughs> this was... I'm caught up in the moment right now. Everybody's arguing, and I just want to get to the next step. Sometimes you just gotta stab some guards. <laughs> <laughs> Or a nice little old lady, whatever. <laughs> it's the Kylo Ren uh, SNL skit. You're yelling at me and it's really stressing me out. All right. I said, so I guess she was judged. And then I uh, walk away from Elia. As the rest of them begin to move the shelf from atop the trap door, Elia, some movement catches your eye and you see a chipmunk falling across the window in the front of the store, almost as if it had jumped off the roof. Just before it disappears out of sight, you see it begin to expand and grow very rapidly. A moment later, you see a half-elven man stand up from where the chipmunk was and begin running down the street. Okay, I'll just like be be so um like stunned that I'm just like can't even make out words. I'm just like and I'm like pointing to the alley or pointing outside. Like, but it's clear that I'm alerting them to something outside. What what's wrong? Use your word. I pick up Irma, Irma's body, and take her into the stable and cover up and hang. I feel like when I'm doing it, I'm going like, oh god, oh god, oh god. Like, I'm like in over my head. You're like, Han, get your act together and keep watch here. So all of this is kind of happening at the same time, so what is Leandros doing? I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on, what Elia was saying. I just say, like, someone's running to get help. 
we need to move fast. Uh, can I go out the door and see this guy running? Sure, and you, you peek your head out, and it's not a super crowded street. There are maybe a dozen people in the immediate area, but there are enough that you, it takes you a moment of like kind of looking around um, and to, to pick out the person who is running and kind of like trying to dodge and you know disrupting some people as the, he's running away. I'm gonna walk uh, back in the and walk towards the stable and tell them, well, it's time. It's now or never, guys. There are probably somebody's gonna be coming here soon. Both having kind of finished their task, Hans and Leandros come back into the shop at about the time that Calico and, and Than get the shelf off the trap door. You open the door to a ladder, and from what you can see of the light shining from the shop, uh, what looks to be a pretty typical root cellar, um, including the, the dank smell of like must and a little bit of mold wafting up from below. Than, you said you wanted to just jump in there? Yeah. I just would follow after. You hop down, and it's only about six feet. Uh, the room itself is only about six feet tall, so you are going to have to kind of uh, crouch a little bit as you make your way through. Then, with your dark vision, you see that this room is much larger than you thought it was. Um, actually, much larger than it appeared to be when you were seeing the, like, the magical wards around it. The room is only about as wide as the shop above it, but it is three or four times longer than the shop. Right. Lining the two long walls of the room are a series of cots. They are end-to-end against the wall with room for a small like footlocker in between each one. Um, all told, probably about three dozen people could sleep down here pretty comfortably. The wall behind you, behind the ladder that you just came down, and the far wall opposite you are lined completely with shelves. The shelves behind you are mostly empty, but you do see a, several bundles of like salted beef, um, hardtack type bread, tra- basically travel rations, but very few, the shelves are mostly empty. Is it just dead end and that's it? Yes, it appears to be just this one room. And Then would be familiar because this probably was at some point a class safe house. So Then would know that this would be basically just the kind of place where like right after a heist or like when the heat was really on to to the group, um, a bunch of them could come down here, hide, stay down there for as long as they needed and then, you know, and then come up when once the coast was clear. Would I know if there would be any sort of a uh, quick escape route from one of these areas other than just hiding out or could I look around for one? Each one is a little bit different, and you could spend some time searching for something like that. But your first impression is that this one has just the one way in or out. Okay, I'll head back up and let them know. Dead end. Keep an eye out for anybody else. Uh, try to find maybe like a, a book or a, a ledger of some sort. Maybe we can get some more information from that. I'll, I'll start scouring like upstairs and all around, looking for stuff like that. So then pops down into. So then pops down through the trap door is only down there for a little bit and then comes back up, says it's a dead end, and starts kind of rummaging around the rest of the store. What are the rest of you doing? Um, can I move toward the door, kind of stand guard? Sure. I'll, I'll help then look, although I don't really know what we're looking for. I'd like to detect magic to see what else is going on around here. Okay, so detect magic says it alerts you via one of your senses. So what is that like for Calico? It like does a little fuzzy glimmer sort of thing. Like I see it. I dig it, I dig it. Go ahead and roll to cast that. What do I add? That is your intelligence modifier. Ah, hell yeah. Well, a 12 is a full success. So unless you have a negative three for your intelligence, um, you're you're good. You full success. So as you cast the spell, a number of items throughout the room, mostly are like along the walls and on the walls, begin to kind of shimmer and glimmer with that light. One in particular draws your attention. It's the lantern that Hans knocked onto the ground. 
it draws your attention because in addition to shimmering, it has begun that flashing, strobing light and that ear-piercing, almost like fire alarm wail. <laughs> so what are you doing now? Crying because I just started that fire alarm and I wish I knew. I wish I was the Reno with a warhammer that could smash it. I'm gonna can, I, um, can I pick it up and then throw it down the trap door and close the trap and close the door? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great idea. That's what I'm going to do. I like run away from my post at the, at the door and I pick it up and I say, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess it's not my fault, but I'll, like, I'll clean this up and I like go and I take it and throw it down the, <laughs> down the trap door. And then I push the, I push the shelf back over top of the trap. That wailing sound gets significantly quieter. Still louder than you would like. Loud enough that you think if somebody was like right outside the shop, they might hear it. But before it was loud enough, you were worried that people several streets over would hear it. I'm going to suggest to the people who can hear me yelling that we grab whatever magical items we can and GTFO. I agree. I ask what items are magical. Oh, uh, can I point out which ones are magical for them? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say that you are able to grab, like, three magical items, as well as a number of books and some scrolls that, like, uh, some of the stuff that Than was looking for. And I will tell you what those magical items are as soon as I figure it out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) As the five of you step out onto the street, you immediately hear the trump of heavy boots. And you turn to the left, uh, toward the road out of town, and you see a group of heavily armed humans moving in your direction. Four of them are wearing half-plate of a brilliant silver with gold embellishments. The other four are wearing a high-collared cloth of gold, almost military-type jacket. The hem of their jacket brushes their calves, and they are completely buttoned from hem up to their necks, so the jackets almost look robe-like. One of the robed figures points towards your group, and as he does so, Then you get a feeling of deja vu, that feeling of eyes coming to bear on you that you felt when you were trying to use the Shadow Forge the last time. As they begin to move a little bit faster in your direction, you notice they all bear the Golden Eagle of the Primarchy. Shit. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they know we're here. We gotta go. We gotta go. Who's I they? Running in the other direction. Run! That is the magic word. We are going to start a chase sequence that is a little bit of a mix between the D&D rules for chase and a skill challenge. (laughs) Thomas is like, finally, they fucking left. (laughs) Okay. So this is going to be kind of turn-based. I am going to set the scene for you. You're going to tell me how you are acting or reacting in that scene. We'll roll to find out if you gain ground on your pursuers, or if they are gaining ground on you, or if something else happens that somehow like kind of changes the structure of what's happening here. When you get a certain distance away from your pursuers, you can begin to do things like trying to hide or trying to lose them permanently. And the farther you get away beyond that initial threshold, the easier it will be to do those things. Doing so ends the the chase sequence uh, successfully, like you've escaped. The other outcome is if they get close enough and they catch you, that ends it in, you know, the other way. So here we go. You turn to the right and begin to run from the Primarchy. The street ahead leads down to the docks and the part of the city that is directly on the river. 
The street is not crowded, but it is far from empty. Uh, basically, there are enough horses, carts, and uh, people on the streets to be an obstacle. People uh, on the streets. So, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that you come across is as you are running down the street, large wagon with a team of six horses pulls through from one of the cross streets. And so essentially, as you are coming to this intersection, this carriage and team of horses are essentially going to be blocking the entire way for you. What do you want to do? Uh, go to the other side of it. Is it just stop? And tip it over. <gasps> no, it's moving, but at the time that you need to be going through the intersection, it's in the intersection. So you could stop and let it go by and then run, you know, run past it, or you could run along it to get behind it and run past it. But either of those options means time that you're not running forward. Yeah, I'm going to slide so yeah, under. So I want to tip it over so it blocks the street. <laughs> and you bitches are going to help me. No, I'm sliding underneath it. All right, I'll go along with that. I'll help her. I mean, I think either way at this point we have to stop. Yeah, either way it's going to stop us. We might as well use it to our advantage. Okay, then go ahead and roll Defy Danger plus Dex. 11. All right, full success. So you were probably a couple steps ahead anyway just because you are so fast. This carriage rumbles into your way and you don't even pause. You just drop into that slide, go right underneath the wagon, use your leg and your arm to pop yourself up on the other side and are back running. The rest of you come up to the wagon and are going to start trying to knock it over. So give me a little flavor on that. I mean, I picture myself running toward like the middle between the wheels and trying to kind of push it up and over while they do whatever they can do to help. Sure. I, I have an idea. Oh, cool. So as Calico, Elief, and Hans run up to the wagon and start like kind of lifting and pushing and starting to topple the wagon over, Leandro stops next to him and says, I have an idea. Well, like, um, is there like an opening like that's the down the street or no? Tell me what you'd like to do and we'll figure out if it's going to work. What to do? I wanted to throw my magic acorn down. Or my mighty acorn. I wanted to throw it down where there's like, it's going to block off the entire entrance of that street from the guard. I like where your head is at, um, but that's really not going to work that way. The street is at its narrowest, you know, wide enough for two carts side by side. And your acorn is going to just turn into a tree. Yeah, it's a 20 foot tree. Ah, okay. It's a 20 foot tall tree, not 20 feet wide. Oh, not 20 foot wide. I figured it would be like 20 wide. That's a huge fucking tree. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing down a redwood. I don't know. Almost what? Are redwoods even that big? Are they? Yeah. They're 20 feet wide? There might not be a lot of them, but there are definitely some that big. Maybe. All right, never mind. The three of you pushing on the wagon, roll plus strength. An 11? 12. Okay, so you do knock the wagon over and... That is going to slow them down going forward. But for Elief's fail, I am going to advance them for this turn. And Then is a bit ahead of the rest. So the wagon is on its side. The the driver is trying to collect themselves and will be yelling at you pretty soon. The horses are freaking out because they've just been yanked kind of backward and sideways. You know, a couple of them have fallen over. All this chaos is going to cause the Primarchy to slow down quite a bit when they get here. But for the moment, it's still something that you have to deal with. So what would you all like to do? Okay, I'm just going to try to, like, climb up and over it. Let's roll Defy Danger Strength for that. Nine. So for a partial, you can get over without any problem, but your pursuers are going to catch up a little bit more. 
or you can get over without them gaining any ground but it will cost you your shield like it'll your shield will fall off as you try to scramble over okay i'll lose my shield okay you're over can i like try and get one of the horses free and get up on it you can try and if i'm successful i want to like reach my hand back for um purple rain and <laughs> and pull her up <laughs> and pull her up on the, the horse with i'm also going to run toward the horses and i feel like that's a good idea so tell me a little bit about how you're going to try to calm these horses down. He's got uh, the sugar cube that we poisoned one, but not the other. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, my first instinct, I would just try to, like, use my sword to cut the one, like, it's reins free, and then... It's easy enough to see where the reins and the ropes and the guides and the, the horse stuff uh, is connected to the wagon still, and even easier to just, you know, give that a quick slice. So before this horse figures out it's free and bolts, what's the second part of your plan? I guess I'd just try to be strong enough to hold it kind of still to calm it down a bit and then climb up on it. Okay, roll plus strength. Uh, nine. Okay, that's partial. If I have to use an option, I'm just going to let the people catch up to us. Okay, that makes that easy. And Calico, you're sticking with him? Yep. Okay, so the two of you will fall a little bit behind, but you are now on a horse. Leandros, you look like you're dying to say something. Uh, I was going to try to summon my horse to uh, basically ride it and try to hop over all this stuff. You were going to summon a horse. Um, I You gave me an item horse? a long time ago. Oh, yes. Uh, it's a figurine of a horse, and when you say the command word, it becomes a real horse for a while. Okay, so that'll get you mounted without costing you really too much time. So then you slid under the wagon, kept on running, and then hear a tremendous crash behind you and kind of look back over your shoulder to see that the wagon now toppled over. Elif is climbing up over and kind of just on the top of it. Leandros is suddenly on a horse and riding around the wagon, and you can see Hans and Calico fighting one of the other horses that was pulling the wagon. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm just going to keep running. So all this commotion, the Primarchy running after somebody, this wagon crashing, horses screaming, has caught a lot of people's attention. So there's a lot of rubberneckers, a lot of just people with not anything else better to do that are starting to kind of flock to this area, which is causing a bit more congestion um, as, a, as a crowd is starting to form. So what are you going to do to get through this crap? Say I either duck and dodge or whatnot, just shove people out of my way. Roll plus decks for me. Great. So you are just like sliding, sidestepping, and weaving your way through this crowd. So Fen advances. I mean, I feel like people will part their way for a horse, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to barrel through, and if they get out of the way, they get out of the way. Okay. I'm going to yell to like tell to warn people to move, since I am good alignment. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask about that. Like, are you just going to trample people? Like, damn. I mean, I feel like I get my sword out, too. I want to look cool while I'm doing it, though. Like, so people remember me. <laughs> so go ahead and roll plus charisma. Do <laughs> I it's just him? You can aid him. He's got his sword out, swinging it around, shouting at people. What are you doing to help him? I mean, yeah, I'm basically just trying to actually get people to do something, since he clearly can't. Well, we don't know no, that, no, but... <laughs> no, no, we do. It's a six. I rolled a seven, but minus one is six, so experience. Hopefully I learn to be more charismatic next time. 
So the way that the aid move works is you roll plus bond. Since you just met Hans, you don't have a bond with him yet, so it is just a straight roll. Ten. Okay, so you succeeded, which means you get to give Hans a plus one on his roll, which will turn his six into a seven, which is a partial success. Mm. So... If I take out a few people, I take out a Between the two of you shouting and Hans waving his sword around, you're able to get most of the people out of the way, um, enough to, to get through. Because it was a partial, it does also allow the pursuers to advance a little bit more. Since I lost my quest, do I, st- do I still have the ability to use the I Am The Law? Yes, your quest affected only your boons. Everything else is fine. So can I just use this on, like, a group of people? Yeah. I'm just yelling, get out of the way, in the name of hell. Okay. Move, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> Stop copying me, Devin. I think we did it at the same time. We're awesome. Ten. So even though the chaos and all the commotion is what's attracting all these people over here, it's also very disquieting to them. Like, this is not what happens in their town. This is not what they're used to. And then they hear your voice of authority, the authority of your god, ring out. And that's good, and that's soothing to them. And enough of them move out of the way that there is a a pretty clear path for you to make your way through the thickest part of the throng. And that leaves just Leandros. You are on a horse, on the bad side of a flipped-over cart, and there's a large crowd gathering on the other side. What would you like to do? Um, could I attempt to jump over the cart with my trusty steed? That is a pretty big jump for a horse. Um, you can certainly try, though it will require you to ride kind of back toward the pursuers a little bit to get enough space to get a running start at the jump, um, which means that that's going to be kind of two sources of danger in this situation for you. That's fine. Roll plus dex. 11. 10. Okay. So you circle around and go charging back at your pursuers for a little bit and then circle again, urging your horse to its top speed in this amount of space. The horse leaps, and it is a big, beautiful leap, but the jump is just too high for the horse, and it goes crashing into the side of the wagon. You, however, knew this might happen, and you are fast enough that with your 10, you are able to dismount as the horse is crashing and get on top of the wagon and down on the other side and are able to get kind of start moving into the crowd without really losing any time or any speed. Eh, That's fine. Just a horse. Okay. Very Leandro of you. Not that I really want to get into an order here, but we should probably go back to Then since he is in the lead. So it's as... a base. Well, I'm clearly tied with him for the lead of the group here. I, I, I trip Iliad. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> so on top of all the commotion that was already there, now another horse has just crashed into this wagon, and things are getting out of control. This little patch of pandemonium is slowly growing, spreading through the crowd that it is attracting, even as it then attracts more people to this crowd. So somewhere in all of that mix, a street vendor's cart has been knocked over. So now scattered across the street, in between all the other people that are still filtering towards the commotion, are a bunch of crates filled with fruit and vegetables and some of the crates have been broken open and so it's just fruit and vegetables right on the street. I'll just uh, try to go around it and uh, use like either the wall or building or other carts as like a uh, as a way to kind of just like parkour my way around. Roll plus dex. 11. Very good, so you advance. Parkour. 
I'm going to use I am the law to yell at the fruit to get out of the way. <laughs> you can try. No, I will just try to um, <laughs> very um, smoothly just kind of dodge the slippery areas. Roll plus dex. Get out of my way, watermelon. Eight. More bitch. So for that, Elif is going to advance, and the pursuers are going to advance. <sighs> Jerk. Work out for me. <laughs> Hans and Calico, since you're on a horse, if you want to just plow through, you could do that. Yeah, okay. Uh, go ahead and roll plus dex. Ooh, fucking A. Fourteen. Nice. So you easily dodge the, the bigger crates, and then your horse is just kind of, like, tromping through some of the, the fruit and vegetables. Would there have been, like, fruit flying up in the air? Sure. Can I, like, grab, like, an, an apple out of the air? Um, yeah, sure, why not? Then I smack it out of his hand because we don't have time for this shit. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna do something cool with it. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so I actually kind of really like that image. The two of you riding this horse, breaking out of the mob that is forming, get up to this part of the street that's strewn with crates and fruit, and making your way through that, like, and the horse's hoof hits a broken piece of crate just right to kind of lever an apple up into the air, and Hans sees it and grabs it, just like this perfect catch, holding it up aloft, like super proud, and then just Calico's arm over his shoulder just whap, knocks it down out of his hand. I push her off the horse. <laughs> do you really no I don't know <laughs> now I'm just sad it was going to be a cool so Leandros you make your way into that crowded area where the, the people are starting to congregate before I get bogged down to the crowd I want to start casting magic missile onto them uh, one way or another I'm getting out of here like the, the good people yeah um, like the people that are in our way yeah oh my god Okay, go ahead and roll to cast. Do any of my uh, companions see me do this? They are ahead of you, so only if you want them to. Twelve. Remind us what your magic missiles look like. I'm just gonna like fire like uh, what looks like an array of like what looks like uh, arrows, I guess. So it doesn't look very harmful, but then when it hits, it's uh, you know like an explosion. Okay. So as you're running at this crowd, you just start kind of tossing magic missiles like one hand after the other. And this mini barrage of arcane projectiles start just pelting the people in front of you. Uh, people are getting like knocked backwards, like burning holes in their in their clothes, showing like the the charred skin underneath. People start screaming and pushing to get out of the way, pushing to to, to get away from you. And so you only really hit maybe about like six or seven people with these before uh, a way is cleared for you. Two perhaps unintended consequences of this will be that. When the Primarchy gets up to this point, they will not have to fight through the crowd anymore because the crowd is pretty well dispersed in this area. However, um, a couple of them will give up the chase to see to the people that you've wounded. So you've taken an obstacle out of the way of your pursuers, but then also reduced their number. Okay. Works for me. Okay, and then on their turn, the Primarchy does advance. Back at the front of the chase, um, Fen and Elief are kind of leading the pack for you right now, with Hans and Calico pretty close behind, thanks to their horse. 
You all are about to end up in the docks area. The street is going to split left and right and follow along the docks and the river. This is a much heavier trafficked area of the city as this area has all the crews loading and unloading the riverboats. Dock workers and trade professionals are overseeing operations. Here and there, carpenters are overseeing. Here and there, carpenters are directing large repair projects. So here and there, wooden cranes are swinging, you know, like new masts into position or big sections of the ship that are being added onto the, some of them. The street is bustling in both directions. And the first thing you have to do is decide if you want to go left or right. Like everybody? Uh, right now, just you two. I will follow wherever he chooses. I'll follow that means I have to make a decision now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Why would you need like worships you? Does he though? <laughs> Quickly looking around, like what looks for? I guess I is there a way to determine like what would would then believe is the greatest point of like egress, like to get out of there? Like would trying to get a boat or jumping into a boat to get out be a thing, or does like um, one of the roads look like uh, like it has a way to kind of get out of the way? Just a quick glance, it doesn't look like any of the ships are about to take off. A more thorough investigation might find one, but as for whether left or right is better, go ahead and roll spout lore. I will spout it out, man. Spout. Oh shit. Spout. Let it all out. (laughs) Ten. So you would remember that you are just slightly on the eastern side of the city. So even though the street to the right looks a little bit more heavily trafficked, it is going to be the shorter route out of the city. Right it is. Okay, so the first thing you are going to run into is two lines of people with, like, push carts. The line closer to you are people unloading a ship, so their carts are stacked high with crates and boxes. On the other side is a line of people going the opposite way, returning to the ship with empty carts. I'm gonna parkour that ship. Like you, like I'll use some of the things to like leap off or roll over or under whatever I gotta do. Roll plus dex. Eight. Okay, so you can advance, but the pursuers are going to advance as well. Understandable. Elif. I'm just gonna try to dodge them. Roll plus dex. Ten. You advance without a prop. Hans and Calico, you ride up to where the road is going to split. Did we see where the other people went? Yes. You don't see Eliev, but you do see Than doing his parkour kind of stuff, like popping up in the crowd, drawing attention to himself. All right. (laughs) Oh, no, no, wait. You like him. I think we're going to keep following them. We're not going to split up. Okay. Then you are also going to have to deal with the cart folks. Same. I mean, what did we do the last? I think we're going to try that again. Okay. Can I also try that with him? And instead of an A, can it be like a my own thing where I'm like, get the fuck out of the way? Maybe I'm just worried about holding onto the horse this time and I let her yell. Okay, so he's directing the horse and I'm the one that's like, move. I'll just... Calico, roll plus your charisma modifier. Ten? Yeah, that is a success. Uh, So people start to begin to move to try to get out of the way as best they can, but it is unexpected and it is crowded. So... Hans, go ahead and roll plus dex to see about maneuvering the horse through. Nine. So you advance, and the Primarchy advances. Leandros, what are you doing? Do I see them on the horse at all, or no? 
not with just a quick like glance because they are already like in the crowd and like in the traffic. Mm, damn. Do I um? What can I see in the distance, like to the right and the left? Roll plus whiz. Eleven. With that roll, as you are scanning left and right, you see someone with a handcart kind of jump backward, and a crate falls off the top of their stack. And you look near them and see a purple tiefling on the back of a horse just shouting at them and shouting at everybody around her. And so, you know, they went to the right. Okay, I'll head that way then. And so then how are you going to make your way through the crowd? Magic missile again. All right, roll to cast. Andros only really cares about himself. (laughs) That was a six. So even though that was a failure, I'm going to say you do still blast a guy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> really? Blast a guy? That's... <laughs> yes. We're tired. It happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but this time, as people panic and try to get out of the way, something doesn't go the way you were planning. So I want you to tell me like what went wrong that is making it so you are not getting through this crowd for, at the moment. Well, I imagine people saw me blast another dude with a magic missile and kill him. Um, so they start, like, kind of going any which way. And he just basically would run into somebody who's trying to avoid him. That makes sense. And as a couple of people end up, like, bumping into you or, like, running and almost knocking you over, you are going to end up falling back. Like I'm making no progress over here. <laughs> Elia from Than, you've made it through the worst of the dock traffic. You are getting towards the edge of town. Um, you can kind of see just a few blocks away where things start to thin out. There's fewer buildings, fewer houses, things like that. And then not too far beyond that, it opens up into wide open country. Is there any, uh, like, horse or whatnot that's kind of, like, just kind of hanging out or chilling on the side? Yeah, like right near the edge of town, there was what looks like a tavern with a number of horses kind of tied up out, out front. Uh, I would like to procure one. Elioff, are you also taking a horse? Yes. You untie the horses and hop on, and it looks like, for the moment at least, the coast is clear. Uh, what would you like to do? Crowd's thinning. I'm, I'm heading out of town. Hans and Calico, already being on horses, once you got through that heavy traffic area of the docks, you are able to make pretty good time, and so you see Than and Elief steal a couple horses and begin to, to gallop out of town. I mean, we're going to keep following them. If anything, I'm like trying to be more focused to get catch up to them as fast as I can. Agreed. Then the two of you also are able to ride out of town. Woo! So, Leandros, you've still got to get through this crowd of people that are now in a panic because somebody just started shooting magic missiles into them. I'll look for another horse in GTFO. Okay. Give me a Defy Danger dex. Ten. So the initial surge of panic uh, in the crowd has diminished a little bit, and the people are now just kind of gripped with good old-fashioned fear. So so they are trying to get away in a much more predictable fashion now, and you're able to slip through this throng. At the end of the street, you see your companions all on horseback riding out of town. It is not hard to find a horse to steal, especially for someone as unscrupulous as Leandros. And you are soon hot on the tail of your companions. Having racked up a slew of crimes, and having been essentially run out of the town, the five of you ride as hard as you can to try to outrun the law that will certainly be soon following you. 
Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wild Endeavors. If you've been enjoying our adventures so far, we'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't been enjoying our story, please send your hate mail and hurtful comments to Adam Rogers at NPCULater or Nick Feely at RollPlusNick, both on Twitter. We want to thank Kevin McLeod for the excellent music, and we hope that you join us again next week.